You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Shouldn't you be at work? When the seagulls follow the trawler, it's because they think sardines will be thrown into the sea. I will love it if we beat them. Love it. I'll have a low-fat pizza or something like that or a few biscuits and some milk on a Sunday. You can pair up if you like and you can fucking pick someone else to help you and you can bring your fucking dinner. Oh, a magnificent goal from Darren Huckabee! Now, you know him better than anybody probably. Do you back him to score quickly, yes or no? Yes. Welcome to Quickly Kevin, Will He Score? It's the season finale, it's the quiz. I'm Chris Gold, joining me Josh Widdicombe. Hello. And the finest quiz show host this side of Roy Walker, it is Michael Marden. Hello. Um, I obviously am a fan of Roy Walker. I really, I don't feel like I gave my hello enough there, but it's too late now. I've <laughs> shown my true colours. <laughs> when I did it, I was like, oh, that's a shame. That's a really, it's a disappointing end to the series for all concerned. It's committed to tape now. I mean, I could, I could take one from a previous show and you just do that if you want. So if anyone's listening now and going, I thought that sounded fine. That's why. I was going to say maybe just it cut in to John Fashionu on Gladiators saying a wooger. <laughs> Um, do you know that John Fashion on Gladiators? Have we discussed that he stole it off Craig Charles because they did a show together? And Craig Charles has got like a tweet. There's a tweet somewhere because someone showed me of Craig Charles basically calling Fashion out for this and saying the man's a knobhead. What? <laughs> yeah. He stole a wooger from Craig Charles. Yeah, Craig Charles used to use it on some show that I'd never heard of that John Fashion was a guest on. And this is, maybe I should say, he's been accused of stealing off Craig Charles, obviously. Okay. All right. I don't want to get, imagine getting sued for this. Well, <laughs> I can read out this following tweet sent by Craig Charles on the 13th of August 2018. Craig Charles, he says, Cyberzone, I used a wooga as the catchphrase, which had been spoken by Holly in Red Dwarf as the replacement sound of Claxton. We had Fashiony one as a guest, and he nicked it for gladiators. The man's a knobhead. <laughs> <laughs> so that's from 2018. Is that the first time he's voiced this plagiarism? Or is it a historical well, thing? I don't, know. I don't just... know enough about it. I can't believe we're back on Gladiators. <laughs> Fucking hell. I can't I believe getting... we're on Gladiators previously and this hasn't come up before. Well, I didn't know it until recently. Someone showed me that tweet in the last kind of month right. or so. 
So that's why it's fresh in my mind. Yeah, so it was, it was a, a virtual reality game show he did in the 90s on BBC Two called Cyberzone. And instead of a klaxon, he used a, used a wooga. And fashion, oh, wow. thought, I'm having that. Wow. <laughs> wow. Craig Charles, he was a big... Was it, was it, he was quite good at football, wasn't he, Craig Charles? Wasn't there like... I'm sure he was one of those famous people that almost made it as a footballer. Yeah, I remember that. Like like Gordon Ramsay or someone. Yeah, yeah like I think he got to a certain level. Um, anyway. He, he was a stand-up poet as well, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a poet. Like, that was big in the 80s. You'd very rarely get a poet cutting through now, would you? I mean, <laughs> Tim Key, obviously, but... It's very rare that a poet goes on to present a 6pm game show on BBC Two like Craig Charles did. And one would argue society's better for it. <laughs> <laughs> the thing as well is, like, Craig Charles, he's a former poet, so having the word stolen from you, he takes that oh, very seriously, yeah, exactly. especially when he's found out. Have you, have you seen um, on the catchphrase thing is, there's an amazing thing where after Roy Walker hosts it, there's a new host. I can't remember what his name was, but he didn't really go on to do much TV. It's not Steve Pank, but it's that kind of person. And um, he does one of those rundowns through the audience on his first show, and he fell over and broke his ankle, and he has to do the whole series of a cast. It's on YouTube. <laughs> Wow. That's so good. I've got a further twist in the Craig Charles story. Oh, yeah. If you want to book Craig Charles for a DJ slot, you have yeah. to go through a Wooga management. No! <laughs> uh, it's like a turf war. Imagine wow. if you called a Wooga management and John Fashion who picked up the phone. <laughs> so, I mean, I know it's another digression upon the yeah. digression. I just Googled a Wooga. I wanted to see... <laughs> what came up first and whether like there was a war you know how you can buy when someone googles something you're the first option that comes up i wondered whether uh, there was a covert war going on between craig charles and uh, john fashnu so that they would get credit but this the first thing that comes up is a wooga urban dictionary created and first used by the awooga brothers fash the bash chris akabusi and craig charles well, <laughs> well I, I think chris akabusi has nothing to do with it well there was these viral um like online stories that people had created kind of fan fiction of chris akabusi having sex with women and right. they were really ornate, detailed stories. And at the end of it, it would always end with Chris Akabusi whispering in this young female's ear, a wooga. Like, it was oh, like, wow. It was a staple. But I don't know if people it, remember that. It was, they were hilarious. I mean, what a digression. <laughs> <laughs> um, shall we get on to... This is a 90s football podcast, after all. Shall we get on to Dario G now? <laughs> So, do you remember last time we discussed uh, the fact that Dario G followed me on Twitter and that um, I was going to DM him? Yes. Because we were, this was based on Dario G being the name that I, I said is based on Dario Grady. Well, that episode obviously was recorded on, what, the Saturday or the sun, Sunday afternoon to go out on Monday morning. At 9.30pm on the Sunday evening, I received a DM from Dario G before the episode had gone out. I'm so excited to hear this. Hey, Josh. Cheers for the follow. Uh, I don't post personal stuff on here, but I love the political stuff you share. Thank you very much, Dario. Absolutely delighted with that. This was in the absolute eye of the um, hurricane with the old uh, Dominic Cummings affair. So I was... um, I'd really lapsed back onto Twitter that weekend to uh, to let the world know that I don't think he's a good guy. And Dario obviously agrees. Anyway, 
I've asked Dario, uh, would you fancy a chat with us on the podcast at some point? And he said, yes. But he has <laughs> added, I don't remember the lot of the 90s, though. Absolute <laughs> legend, Dario. Dario. Um, yes, yeah, so that'll be fun, won't it? We can talk, talk to Dario G at some point. Love I'll that. Think- yeah, really exciting. Um, do, you, do you know why I thought this Dario G interview would never happen? Because I didn't think Dario G spoke English. Of course he did. Of course he <laughs> One didn't. One of several like... revelations is that he's English. An amazing scene this series. Amazing. Shall we have some correspondence that isn't from Dario G? I'm Jim Rosenthal, and this is the Electronic Post Bag. You've got mail. Do you want one that's a bit different to what we normally have? Why not? I'm going to read this out because it's a different type of email. So it's very rare that we discuss actual management decisions and tactics on this podcast. Yeah. But this is from, I mean, which I'm sure you're livid at, Michael. This is from (laughs) Gav Chandler. Chaps, something is really annoying me, and I'm not sure if it's been discussed. Watching the repeat on ITV4 the other night of the Euro 96 semi-final, I can't believe this. Terry Venables didn't make a single substitution in 120 minutes. What? Isn't no that... way. <laughs> that is mad, isn't it? What? He had Fowler and Sir Les and Barnby and Steve Stone on the bench. No changes were made, even just no. to put on strikers for the penalties. That is incredible. That, that is, is incredible. incredible, isn't it? I know we almost scored twice in extra time and stuff. You know... Fresh legs and all that, you'd think, wouldn't you? I know. Is that a, is that a myth, fresh legs? <laughs> um, do you know something else as well I didn't I didn't realise? That um, Germany equalised after 16 minutes. We scored after three and they equalised after 16. Yeah. I remember thinking it was like just before half time. Yeah, it felt longer, didn't it? It did. It felt longer. And no substitutions. A what do you make of that, Michael? Revisionism. I'm, I'm sort of finding it hard to believe. Like I, I was, I'm sort of just trying to wrap my head around a justification for that decision, and I can't even think of have one. You, have it's you double checked this insane. online? If either no. of you, yeah, no substitutions. Germany made three substitutions. So they brought on Thomas Hassler for Mehmet Scholl uh, on 77, Marco Boda for Stefan Freund. Oh no, for Thomas Helmer and Thomas Strunz for Stefan Freund. Two minutes from penalties, so presumably I bet he took a penalty as well. That is that is astonishing, isn't it? He took the second penalty. In fact, two of the people they t- brought on were the first two penalty takers. Here's an interesting question. What substitution would you make, though? So the benches, Tim Flowers, Ian Walker, then Sol Campbell, Phil Neville, Steve Stone, Nick Barnby, Les Ferdinand, Robbie Fowler. You wouldn't take off Shearer or Sheringham, would well, you, yeah. really? No, but you Southgate missed that last penalty. Surely Ferdinand or Fowler scores that. Yeah, um, I mean, let's be honest. That really is hindsight, that your decision is to take off Gareth Southgate, Michael. <laughs> take off a centre-back. Yeah, there's a minute to go. You can go to penalties. That I love that your choice is to replace Gareth Southgate. No, in full knowledge that he's the one that missed the penalty. Do, do you know I, what's weird as well? I, I, in my head, I didn't think Southgate started the match. I thought he came off the bench. No, no, he in started. my head, he's not a starter for that United well, because we played three at the back in that game. Yeah, that's why. yeah. It's absolutely astonishing, that isn't it? Great find. If it, like, and I'm, I've been watching quite a bit in nineties football. If anyone's got any more kind of historical revisionism, things they want us to call up, Peter Schmeichel getting lobbed a few weeks ago is a, a great example yeah. of this. Anything you want us to put a magnifying glass over, something we've let slide, like England not making any substitutions at Euro '96 in the semi-final, do let us know. See, can I just say? In the semi, in the quarter against Spain, they made a treble substitution on 109 minutes. 
Wow. They brought off McManaman, and Anderson and Sheringham, bought on Barnby, Stone and Fowler. God, I'd love to know the reasoning. I wonder if we can get Terry Venables. Do you know what, it, what I think it may have been? Just being frozen. I can understand that when you're in those big moments and things are kind of working well for you. Well, yeah, is thinking, that the thing? Like, we, we nearly scored twice in extra time. Yeah. When you're on top like that, do you just not want to mess up the momentum? Yeah, that's a good shout, actually. We probably were dominant. And if you make a substitution and that's what swings it the other way, Perhaps they were sort of crippled by, not by indecision, but they thought they could win the game. Speaking of um, Peter Schmeichel getting chipped there, actually, do you want to do you want a quick little update on my uh, Champman 97-98 Euros game? Oh, yes, oh, please. Yes. Yeah. So, so I managed to scrape through the group stages. I uh, came third in my group, but I got through on goals scored. We, we've got to talk about what happened. I think your last group game was against Poland. I've been following the blog. You were 1-0 yeah. up at half-time and then completely outfoxed after Poland made some amazing changes. You just didn't yeah. know how to deal with them. I, I, I I'm not going to lie. He he totally outmaneuvered me. And I just <laughs> did he put his left back in goal like we discussed last week? <laughs> <laughs> I ended up losing that game, um, but I scraped through because I won my second game five three against Republic of Ireland. So I went through as one of the better oh, yeah. third place qualifiers. So I faced uh, Denmark in the first knockout round. Yeah, local derby. Local derby. Yeah, very quickly go two 0 down. Oh, I'm in a bit of trouble. Jesper Blomqvist gets one right before half-time. It's that classic. Worst times to concede a goal is right before half-time. Momentum swings back my way. I end up going 3-2 ahead in the second half. What a game. 3-all. 4-3 to me. 4-all. What? Three of my goals uh, against Denmark, against Peter Michael, they were all lobs. No. I, 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 I chipped Peter Smyrkel three times after defending him for that not being a thing. And it went straight to penalties and I won on penalties. So oh, I'm, in, right. I'm, in, I'm into the next knockout round. Oh, so who have you got in the next wow. knockout round? Uh, I've got, I think it's either Wales or, Rom- or Romania. I've got a very favourable side of the draw. Oh, wow. When, when is that played? When, when will that happen? Uh, it's coming this week, that, that next oh, knockout round. Oh, so so I'm in the nice. quarters. If I get to the semis, I've got Germany, so I'm definitely going out. But... <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Wales as well in the 90s, they're rubbish, right? I suppose yeah. they've got gigs. Yeah. I fancy my chances. They've got Andy Dibble in goal. This is going to be a walk in the park. <laughs> 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 well, look, Michael, if you do end up against the Germans and you find yourself an extra time, do yourself a favour, make a few subs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Take off your tip for you. Keep, keep that under your app. Take off the person that's going to miss the decisive penalty. <laughs> that's a good fit. And, and that's a little, a little uh, lovely little Easter egg for Chapman 97, 98 fans. The, uh, the guy who scored the winning penalty for my Sweden team? Nicholas Alexanderson. Precisely. Oh. Yeah. Where are you playing him at the moment? Uh, he's my right midfielder. Lovely. Lovely. Okay. If you want to get in touch, uh, this is how. Get in touch with the show. Email hello at quicklykevin.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at quicklykevin and sign up to the mailing list at quicklykevin.com. So we have a very exciting announcement. We are going to do another live show uh don't worry uh we have read the news we are not doing this out and about in theaters or anything we have decided to do a quickly kevin live on the internet you'll get to see us you'll get to see what we look like when we're doing these uh long tactical discussions that are really rewriting the rule book the show is at 8 p.m on june the 11th that is thursday june the 11th 8 p.m um, you can buy tickets. Tickets are five pounds to the show, just five pounds. We are putting together a show that is a. Um, it's going to be a great night of Quickly Kevin. If you're a fan of Quickly Kevin, uh, this is a chance to see us 
doing quickly kevin one off we won't be putting this out as a podcast yes if you've been to see one of our live shows before you know how chaotic and at times brilliant they can be but we're doing it online virtually you'll be able to buy a ticket for five pounds and come to join us as we do a brand new live show the series might be over but there is still one episode to come and see we won't be putting this episode out on the podcast so do come and join us we'll have all the hits all the correspondence specials and a few extra special treats michael how can people get a ticket for this all you need to do is go to eventbrite.co.uk and search for quickly kevin we'll also put the details on our social media and the mailing list okay that's it for correspondence and news updates let's go to the quiz Hello and welcome to Quickly Kevin, Will He Score? This is the season finale, the quiz. I'm Chris Skull, joining me Josh Whittacombe. Hello. And it's Michael Marden. Hello. Michael, you, Michael? you are steering this ship upon the quizzy seas, so please take the wheel. Yeah, as is tradition, to close out the series, it's time for the uh, Quickly Kevin 90s football quiz. And uh, joining us this series on Josh's team, we have got Matthew Crosby. Hello. Hello. Matthew. How are you, Matthew? Hello. <laughs> Hello. Can you hear me? Yes. I said, how are you, Matthew? I'm so sorry. I didn't hear that. I'm, I'm very sorry. Something happened there. But um, oh, I'm very well. Awful, thank you very much. An this awful is, start to our teamwork. This is not a great start. I'm so sorry. How are you doing, Josh? Um, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm, I'm now slightly worried that I, uh, you, you know. You seem rattled. I'm not going to lie. Well, I am because rattled. now I don't know whether my jokes have failed or whether you just can't <laughs> hear me. That's a, that's a real problem that we're going just to be encountering. Just every time I couldn't hear you. <laughs> okay, I will. And then joining Chris on his team is Ed Gamble. Hello. H- hello. How, how is everyone? Really good. good. And so Joe, is- it's, so, it's so nice that the satellite delay, a big 90s thing, has made a big comeback in recent times. <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful to be reunited with it. I think the re- we should explain the reason uh, that you two are our partners is that I... This started when I came on uh, your Radio X show, uh, which I think is called the Ed Gamble and Matthew Crosby show, or is it the other way around? No, that's the correct order. Thank that's you. That's the correct order. Stick to it. Good. <laughs> And um, you asked why you'd never been on my 90s football podcast. But, of course, this was a jovial question based on the fact neither of you knew anything about football. Don't follow Um, the game particularly, no, no. Don't follow the game particularly. How much out of ten do you think you know about football? Weirdly, I think I I possibly know... Two out of ten generally about football. Actually, no, one out of ten generally about football. And maybe if you narrow it down to 90s football, maybe one and a half out of ten... Well, that's good. I think I'm in with a shout. Crosby? Yeah, well, if Ed is saying he knows two out of ten about football, I know a lot less than him. <laughs> minus one out of ten? Is, that, is, it, is it possible to go into minus figures this I early in the you're, game? you're the person I know who knows the least about football in the world. Um, Thank you so much. <laughs> it's okay. I don't wear it like a badge of honour. It is quite sort of... Because, Josh, we, we work together quite a lot, and we often work with uh, Tom Crane, who I know has been on the show as well. And um, there are times when, I mean, there could be like 25 minutes of a working day that I just have to sit in silence <laughs> while you talk basically another language. <laughs> there was a, it's quite there was a socially fa- debilitating. There was a fantastic moment a few weeks ago where I asked you, Crosby, to name 10 footballers in 60 seconds. And the footballers you came out with were <laughs> sensational. I think Nobby Styles was in there, Brian yep. Robson, yep. Ali McCoist. 
Ali McCoist, yeah, I think I named him third, maybe second. Wayne certainly... Rooney. <laughs> Wayne Rooney, but of course, everyone knows Rooney, of course. I think Wayne Rooney's but... more acceptable. You've, you've said Wayne Rooney as if he's comparable to Ali McCoist as a, <laughs> it's a strange I'm, reference. It's worrying, he's incongruous in that this, lineup. I'm finding this quite impressive that Matthew knew all of those. <laughs> Genuinely, it would take me a couple of minutes to work out that Ali McCoist was a footballer before he was a question of sport panellist. Oh, you just thought he was so good as a question of sport panellist that was his main trade? Well, he's great. What does that other man do? The, John the, Parrott? The Liverpudlian chap. What do you think he does? Well, he's a great panellist for a start. I assume he's a pro comic. <laughs> yeah, Parrot. Do you remember him from the circuit? I, I hate to take over, Michael, but can we give a bonus point at the start if either of them can tell us what John Parrot's main job is? Well, it's not an athletic thing, is it? He's a snooker player, right? Oh, okay. I was going to go dance. Ah, you see that. He's a snooker, am I right? Yeah. Are you a huge fan of Question of Sport, Matthew? You know what? When I was a kid, I loved Question of Sport. I mean, I just loved telly in general. And if it was on, I was probably watching it, especially if it had the sort of whiff of it being a comedy show. I didn't understand any of the jokes. And also, I used to love that round where they would, you know, show you a bit of the the, uh, sports person's hand, then a bit of their foot. And... I, I don't know why I loved it so much, because when they showed the face, I had no clue who the fuck it was. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, it's, it's Ian Rush. Who's he? So, uh, this quiz is going to be a test of basically who who knows the most of the two people that know the least. I think that's what we're heading for here. Yeah. Had I Perfect. known the level of knowledge I was dealing with, I would have written these questions very differently. So, I think I think we might be in for a bumpy ride. Uh, <laughs> oh, dear. So, uh, yeah, I think Josh Josh and Matthew are very much the uh, Gianfranco Zola and Juninho of the 90s football quiz world. They're all, yes. all crafty, finesse and guile. And I, I'm sensing that uh, Chris and Ed are more of a kind of formidable SAS partnership, more of a kind of direct, bludgeoning style You can call football. us the crazy gang. Yeah, the crazy Craft, gang. Who's, who's the Ali McCoist? <laughs> That's the big question we all want to know. I'm the John Parrott of football. <laughs> <laughs> now, before we start, I should add the usual disclaimer to listeners. There will almost yeah. certainly be a lot of factual inaccuracies. Please don't email me. Please don't tweet me. It's just a bit of fun, and I really don't care. Now, you're mostly playing <laughs> you for do pride. Care. That's the worst thing, Michael. Don't it's tell weird. them that because they'll keep fucking tweeting me. Do you know they can email or tweet me? That's absolutely fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now I'll take any of the heat you're mostly playing for pride and bragging rights um, but as an added bonus the winners get to also pick which song plays out at the end of the show so yes. are you all ready yes but I'll tell you you can tell him now if you're watching it we're still fighting for this title and, and I'll tell you honestly I will love it if we beat them love it going to kick things off with a, a true or false round i'm going to ask you individually a question surrounding a myth or legend from 90s football some of these are true some of them are false all you have to do is guess which there's one point for each correct answer and there's no conferring okay uh, and as always please show your workings so, i think the conferring would really ruin the uh, ed and matthew being bad at it kind of <laughs> element of the <laughs> <laughs> Matthew, you can just true, tell me the answer we'll call that conferring <laughs> Ed you are up first okay and your question revolves around a legend on this show Mr David Batty when he was in primary school England midfielder and notorious hard man David Batty 
once took the rotting, severed tips of two of his fingers into school on show-and-tell day. True or false? Oh, Now, I'm not really aware... You'd be surprised to hear that I'm not really aware of David Batty as a bloke. But I'm just trying to imagine... <laughs> Do you know anything about David Batty? Um, his name? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and he was a mid- midfielder. Yep. He's Are you aware of Crosby? No, but I love the name. What yeah. a name! It's a good name. Yeah. But that would be, that, I mean, that is a batty thing to do, isn't it? So, but is he the sort? You've got of bloke so who little bat- to go on. I've just realised you've got no. Is he batty, or is it a joke that he's not? He's very normal and would never do something like that. I'm going to go true. The correct answer was true. Yes, was it? it is batty. Batty I by name. I didn't know that at all. I didn't know that at all. Yeah, so I would have got that wrong. So this is, a, this is a short extract from his autobiography. I slammed a heavy iron gate on my hand and took the ends off two of my fingers. After getting my hand patched up at St. James Hospital, I insisted on taking home the lost bits as a trophy and put them into a little cardboard box. They remained there for some years, virtually forgotten, until the day my teacher at Scott Hall Middle School told the class to bring in unusual items the following day, which was the last day of term what to take Jesus, wow. i couldn't think of anything better than my fingertips which by now had been rotting away for about four years at the back of the oh wardrobe <laughs> as my classmates unveiled their typical collector's items stamps books football programs even an old sewing machine i proudly produced the remains of the grisly accident but i was cute enough to not reveal the identity of the strange blackened little objects just about every kid in the class tried and failed to guess what they were many going for birds eggs finally the form mistress delicately held the mystery objects aloft and said okay david you've got us baffled what are they when i told her the poor woman let out an ear-piercing shriek and promptly <laughs> hurled them to the floor like they were red hot coals but when she recovered her composure she was big enough to award me a mars bar <laughs> Wow, I didn't know any of that. So I he's, think... the, uh, he's the Tony Iommi of the footballing world. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. for bringing it around to something that we understand. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that was just for you, Ed. <laughs> we had a show and tell day at the last leg, and it actually ended in a very similar... Um... <laughs> right, next question. Chris, you're in the hot seat. Your true or false question revolves around England striker, match of the day host, and crisp fanatic Mr Gary Winston Lineker. Salt and Lineker. There you go. I'm just occasionally. I'm just going to chip in with things that I know. Okay. Yeah. No, I like it. So so far, you've taken it around to heavy metal and food. Your two other podcasts. <laughs> Are you going to talk to us about uh, the Radio X playlist? Yes, absolutely. I hope, I hope there's some questions about jeans. <laughs> Gary Lineker famously once did a poo in his shorts during a live televised football match. That much we know is true. However. During his brief spell in the J-League with Grampus 8, Lineker once scored a hat-trick against three different goalkeepers in a single game. True or false? Oh, that's a good... That's such a classic stat, isn't it? Scoring a hat-trick against three separate goalkeepers. I don't think in this instance it's true. I think it's false. It was indeed false. Yes. Mm. Would you have got that, Matthew? Well, there's only ever two goalkeepers in a game, so no, of course not. <laughs> One at <laughs> <on> each end. <laughs> Don't want to blow your mind. 
I mean, that, come on, it's not, it's, I, I know a little bit about the game. All right, I said, I said, I said minus one percent for for a bit of humour. I know a bit about the game. One for so each you, team, and if you, you score against one for each team, it counts. They count each other out anyway. So you're a fool to yourself. If, well, if the same player scores at both ends, you know it goes back to nil nil. That's right, isn't it, Crosby? I, I can only assume so. Yeah, and it seems very fair. Next question, Josh. You're in the hot yep. seat. Your question revolves around Delia Smith's first true love and Norfolk's finest, Norwich City FC. Here is your true or false question. In the first ever Premier League season, Mike Walker's Norwich City finished third behind Manchester United and Aston Villa. True. But amazingly, they finished in third place with a goal difference of minus four. True or false? That's true. I I, I don't think that that's amazing enough for you to have made it up. Surely... Surely you haven't made that up. It's it's false. It's actually minus five. What? That's, I'm, jo- that's, I'm joking. I'm joking. It's true. All right. Okay. Yeah, that wouldn't have been enough of a trick. That would be such a snidey trick question. I, I, I'm, the problem with true or false is I always just try and work out the reasoning of how someone would have come up with it rather than whether it did happen. Do you know what I mean? You always think... Now, what would the person who's writing these questions come up with? And I don't think you'd have come up with a goal difference. You couldn't have so, come up with a question about goal difference. So, Josh, when you said you thought the David Batty thing was false, what, what did you think the workings were to get to that question? Well, the reason I thought that was false was because we've talked about David Batty on this for six series. And that's the best thing I've ever heard about him. And we've not <laughs> talked about it before. So we've wasted six series on, on minor facts that haven't come up once. It does okay. say a lot about the inside of Michael's mind or your idea of the inside of Michael's mind that you were like, yeah, that sounds like you could have made that up. <laughs> well, the, finger... <laughs> the fingers thing I thought was much more likely to have been made up than the goal difference thing. Yeah, I can see that happening on the Isle of Wight. <laughs> okay, final question this round. Matthews, your turn in the hot seat. Hello. Okay, here's your question. In 1994, while she was managing director at Birmingham City... Karen Brady sold her then-boyfriend, Paul Pescasolido, who was a striker at the club, to Stoke City for 400000 after they had an argument. Whoa. Um, okay. You must well, be aware I, of Karen Brady. Of course, I love The Apprentice, yeah, yeah. So I'm familiar familiar with her. Um, yeah, all right, would she and do And you're that? aware that Claude used to work for Newcastle United as well. <laughs> <laughs> um... I didn't. I didn't know that. But you know, every day's a school day, uh, and I feel like I'm being bullied. Um, <laughs> so, uh, did she have an argument with her boyfriend and sell him? I mean, it's it's a great thing to have in your back pocket, isn't it? But yeah. I'm going to say I'm going to say it's true. It was indeed true. Yes. Uh, she did sell. She did sell him to Stoke. I mean, we can only speculate whether the real reason was. If they had an argument on well, like what? But, uh, you, mean you could only speculate if it's true or false. That's essentially what you're saying. <laughs> Chris, Chris, shut up. We got the point. All right, I got the point. Keep your mouth shut. All right, let's not let's not quibble now. I've scored a point on a footballing quiz. My life is complete. Um, and Have they I did... told you I once went on the Apprentice. You're fired with Karen Brady. Oh wow, and what's she, she like? Um, terrifying. Yeah. And um, just before the record, so we're kind of sat there in a row. And they'd given her a slightly lower seat than everyone else. And she turned to me and she said, my seat's too short. We need to swap. And I was too scared of her, so I swapped. 
and basically my head was like just above the desk and like when it went out there's just loads of tweets going why couldn't Josh why is Josh like six inches shorter than everyone else and yeah. it's because I was afraid of Karen Brady not like Mot the Week where they give Josh a special cushion Don't they do give me a special that. cushion yeah they do well to Hugh Dennis is a tall man to sit next to uh, and as a side note on that they got married a year later and they are still together ah that's lovely. That is lovely. Uh, okay, that's the end of that round. Time for round two, and it's our old favourite, starting 11. For Ed and Matt, this is how it works. In this round... I will give you a classic football match from the 90s. Each team will then take it in turn to name a player from either side. Who Are you kidding me? <laughs> Sorry, I'm game. laughing already. This is absolutely insane. <laughs> <laughs> if at any point you name a player who did not appear during that match... Ali McCoist. <laughs> you are eliminated. Uh, and that includes both used and unused subs. Okay. Oh, yeah, good. Remember good that to, Good to know that. Sorry, I'm just making notes here. <laughs> Can I ask which game you're hoping to come up? Uh, even now, I can't even think of a team, so that's good. <laughs> okay, so the game in question is arguably England's greatest performance in our lifetimes. June the 18th, 1996, and it is a 4-1 victory over Holland or the Netherlands. Matthew, would you like I, to kick I remember, things? Off? I remember that game. I didn't. I didn't watch it, unfortunately. No way. But I, but I yeah. <laughs> but I was with my friends in the park, uh, and um, and uh, right. So you know your friends weren't playing. Uh, yep. Yeah, so I can I can rule out Peter Hares <laughs> and Paul Canova straight away. <laughs> um, but everyone's very jolly afterwards. All right. So so it's it's England Holland, yeah. and wait, we're listing everyone on the England team or everyone on both teams you have a choice of either you just have to pick one player that played oh. in that match to oh, I mean game. come on Crosby bit of flair go why um, don't you try and name someone on the Holland team go on okay alright why not let's, 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 let's start things off can with I a flourish can I just say Michael and I what? think Ed and Matthew should have extra lives because I really want to hear them guess a few of these okay uh, Ed, and, Ed and Matthew have two lives Chris and Josh you just have one okay I'm going to go for the only player I can think of that might have played for the Holland team why are you going Holland? You Why are you showboating? Because, Go you on, know what? It. You know what, Chris? Listen, I've always thought there's been a slight wedge in between me and Chris in terms of friendship, and I think football is its name. So if I can, <laughs> if I can, if I can leap over this ravine, we might be better mates, all right? It's worth it. But Chris isn't on your team, so if you beat him, it might get a bigger wedge. That's a very good point, actually. It's a very good point. All right, I'll, yeah, I'll, he's I'll, just I'll, tricked I'll, you into going for Holland. Matthew, no, my, my you respect, must know some of the England players. My respect team. is the greatest prize you can win in this great game, Crosby. <laughs> no, no, the victory is. Matthew, you <laughs> okay. must know some English players. I know, so of course I know some English players. I'm just trying to... Just trying to check Ali McCoy is Scottish. I just I know, want to be I know, very... I know, <laughs> I know he's from God's own country. Now, listen. Uh, OK, so let's think. Uh, a player... This is tense. ...who was playing for England yeah. in 1996. OK. Um, Come on. Come on. Uh, I'm going to say Stuart Pearce. <gasps> Correct. Oh. Yes! He's done it! Amazing! Because he, oh. I, I know, I know he's a footballer because he came on stage to introduce the Sex Pistols. Oh yes, he did. He's a big fan of the Sex Pistols, and he came on stage, Psycho. So he came on stage yeah. and said, "Hello, hello, I'm Psycho. You remember me, of course." Um, I didn't recognise him at the time, 
but here at the Sex Pistols, it was great. That, that reminded <laughs> me of um, Slumdog Millionaire, when you know nothing about the subject, but some oh, kind yeah. of something that's happened in your life has coincidentally given you that one perfect answer. Uh, okay, do you think yeah. Matthew's going to manage to name all 22 players? <laughs> I think I'm going to do it. From a weird Kim's game I'm playing inside my own noggin, yeah, I think I'm going to do it, guys. Uh, okay, Ed, over to you. Oh, no, right. I'm going to go very obvious and just hope that it's it's right. So I'll go England, yeah, uh, and I'll yes. go David Seaman. Correct. Yes. Oh, fantastic, fantastic Ooh, play. My heart. It would be absolutely awful of me to go for an obvious England player and take that out of the mix for Yeah, them. go obscure so, for us, please. Yeah, Come on. Uh, Edwin van der Sar. Correct. Oh, what was the, what I was going to do. Oh, <laughs> fine, fine. <laughs> yeah, he introduced the Manic Street Preachers, he... didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Where did he play for England? <laughs> uh, Chris, over to you. Patrick Cliver. Unfortunately, he was a substitute. Oh, oh my God. Oh, Chris, oh no. Chris oh, is eliminated. This... What? what? Chris, you've left, you've left me out on the field alone. <laughs> I've, run, I've run dry at Seaman, and that is not the first he time I've He came on, though, didn't he, Michael? Didn't yeah, he but, score the goal? But I said at the start, both unused and used substitutes oh, do not, Chris. Do not oh, count. What? what a oh, disaster. Man. Oh, man. Oh, man it's alive. It's on your Chris. shoulders. Crosby, <laughs> back Chris, to you, I, Matt. Can I just say that, you know, we're, we're still great mates, even though you messed this up. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, you really shit oh, the pitch on this one, but you know oh, what? Oh, God. You're still my buddy. Yeah. <laughs> It turns out the wedge was football, but it's because you know more than him. <laughs> he could see me for who I really was. Chancer. Matthew. Okay, all right. Okay. 1996. I'm, I'm, picturing, I'm picturing the kit. Um, white, a white it. kit. A white kit. You don't, know, you don't know what the kit looked like. I, I see it was, they, were, they were wearing white, white, white shirts. Yeah. Navy blue trousers. <laughs> um, who else would be playing at that time? Um, who Talk was, who was still, workings, Matthew. Who was still left from the from the Italian ninety boys? Because I tell you what, I did do as I collected the coins. Just hearing you say the Italian nineties boys. <laughs> I'm doing my. I'm, I'm just lads. doing. My, I'm just doing my best here. Uh, I'm just trying to re re remember as much as I can I've ever known about football. Um, so, uh, who was playing in, in, in Italian '90 that might still be playing? Who, who was a young buck back then? Um, uh, Will there be some of your listeners absolutely hating this? Right? Oh now? yeah. I, no. I, I, the, no I, the, the abuse I'm going to get on Twitter. But you know what? I'm, I'm owning this. I'm not pretending I know loads about football. I'm just trying my best, and I want to be involved. Um, Okay, so um, there will be some hating it, but I imagine Michael will be chopping into this bit slightly <laughs> with the edit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> keep keep this thought process. It's got to be organic, Michael. Keep it as keep you know. Be very relaxed in the edit. I want this to feel as organic as possible. Um, okay, I am going to go. Was he still playing at the time? I'm going to take a chance and say Lineker. Incorrect. Oh, it's oh. a real shame. So Crosby loses his life. Over to Ed on his own. Here I am on um, his own, Chris. They released um, that song, didn't they, Bedeal and Skinner, uh, yeah. for this one. 
yeah. and I I believe I bought the CD single and I missed the first game of the tournament because I was upstairs learning the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> um, but within the song, I think they they list players, don't they? Yes. So I'm trying to remember <laughs> the lyrics I, again. There's quite a few names mentioned in the lyrics, and some of them yeah. were dead by the time the song came out. So this could be interesting. Mm. Some of them were some of them were alive at the start of Matthew's thought process, but dead. <laughs> <laughs> but now the only one I can remember is uh, Stuart, the Stuart Pierce shout out. I believe it's called a shout oh, out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll go. I'm going to go even more basic and hope it's right. Uh, Alan Shearer. Correct. Basic oh, is good. Oh. Basic is good. Okay, Danny Blind. Correct. Um, so I've got to I've got to get one right here. Who are the big names? Um, yeah, I just I think I think all of these all of these are too late. I'm going to say, and again, I, I know he was around in in well, he was one of the Italian ninety boys, but I'm going to go for Paul Gascoigne. <gasps> Correct. Oh, oh, wow. Wow. That was oh, the I one I thought was a definite gimme. Back to you, Ed. Okay. Now, the name the name Paul has given me some clues. Oh. oh. I, was, I think there might be another Paul. Huh? Skulls. Oh, so oh. close. <laughs> close. Sadly not. Okay, oh. well, that's given me a clue for another Paul. <laughs> <laughs> so Ed loses a life. Over to you, Josh. Uh, Tony Adams. Correct. Boo. Crosby. Picking okay. an England player, come I, I, on. Okay, yeah, here we go. Right. I think I think Ed has actually helped me out here. Oh, no! Because I'm thinking, you know, in, in much John the same... Paul the second. <laughs> now, Paul McCartney, correct me if I'm wrong. I know he played for Liverpool. Um, I think... Now, there, there was a guy who played, who, who played football uh, for England called Paul, uh, and I believe it was Paul Ince... <gasps> Correct. Oh, thank you very much. Right. Well, I think we all know what's happened here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's tough now. Now I'm going to swing over to Holland. Oh. Because I'm panicking. Yeah. And oh, do I? I'm going to say because I I, I recognise him as a Dutchman. Dennis Bergkamp. <gasps> Correct. Oh, my God. Where did I pull that out of? Hello. Was that your Dutchman that you were going to go for, Matthew? No, it wasn't. And I think my Dutchman... Now, I think my Dutchman might have been a player from the 80s. But I'm not going to say say who it is. But but I I think we can all agree it is the player that we're all thinking of, and that is a player from the 80s. Okay, fine. (laughs) I'd just like to quickly point out that uh, the co-host of a 90s football podcast has got 300% less correct answers on this round <laughs> than two people who know two and minus one about 90s football. Uh, a skull. You've had an I was going for flair. It just caught me out. Um, uh, Josh, over to you. I, I should go for a Dutchman, shouldn't I? But I, obviously that's slightly testing. But I would go with um, Frank de Boer. Oh, no. No. Surely not. <laughs> Incorrect. Oh no! Oh no! What? Oh Jesus! Oh, you God. know what Chris got in my head after I went with Tony Adams, and I thought I needed to show my word. So incredibly, the last men standing. Are oh, Crosby and Gamble. Oh no! This is so tense. 
I really... Matthew, talk to me about your thinking. My, my, my brain is, is giving me two names now. I think I've got, I've got I think of a footballer who I definitely know was a footballer in the 90s, but whether or not he was a player for England remains to be seen. And then I can think of another, what I think is a Dutch name. But again, I'm not going to touch that. I'm not going to touch that because I, I think he definitely is a player, but I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to risk it. So I'm going to say Paul Merson. Oof. It's a great guess, but sadly it's incorrect. Oh, oh. it's a real shame. So Ed for so, the win. Okay. Come on, Ed. Oh, right. I'm just now. I'm just thinking 90s. My hands are genuinely like on my head right now. I'm in the stress position. Um, Dennis Wise. Incorrect. Oh. So I think in in the spirit of sportsmanship, we should call that round a draw. Yes. Can well, we ask cool. Matthew who his unsaid Dutch names were? Was there a player called Van Nistelrooy? <laughs> there was, but he was yes. much later. Okay, okay, fair enough. And who was your 80s player? Ruud Hullet. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. We would have all thought of, yeah, sure, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think okay. we both did very well. Did very well. Could we, could, could we hear pr- some, some of the other people we didn't get, just, just to yeah. settle my aching brain? So the, uh, the Dutch team was uh, Van der Sar, Winston Bogard, uh, Blind, Reitziger, Vichka, Seedorf, Aaron Vinter, Ronald de Burr, Hoekstra, Burkamp, and Cruyff. Geordie, not Johan. Uh, and the England teams, Seaman, Pierce, Adams, Southgate, Gary Neville, McManaman, Gascoigne, Ince, Anderton, Shearer, and Sheringham. Oh, you, oh, now you say them now. Of Sheringham, course. of course. Sheringham was on the Mars Singer as well. We've even talked about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pathetic to not get Sheringham. <laughs> it's time now for the final round of the first half, uh, 90s Football Mastermind. Each player will have 90 seconds to answer 10 questions on their chosen specialist subject, one point for each correct answer. This time round, Chris and Josh, you will play in the second half of the quiz. Ed and Matthew, you will play. First in the spotlight is Josh, who, in a display of what one might describe as arrogant showmanship, he has chosen West Ham in the 90s as his mastermind subject. And I've forgotten to revise as well. It's been an absolute disaster. (laughs) Okay, Josh, your yeah. time starts now. Who was the West Ham manager at the start of the decade? Billy Bonds. Correct. Who was the West Ham manager at the end of the decade? Harry Redknapp. Correct. Which legendary striker was their top scorer in the 98-99 season, having joined from London rivals? Ian Wright. Correct. How many times did West Ham finish the season with a positive goal difference in the top flight in the 90s? Zero. Correct. Who was West Ham's record signing of the 90s, arriving from Lons for approximately 5.4 million in 1998? I don't know. The pass. For which player did West Ham receive their record transfer fee when he was sold to Wimbledon for just over 10 million? John Hartson. Correct. What was West Ham's highest Premier League finish during the 90s? Seventh. It was fifth. Ooh. In which London postcode... Did the former bowling ground reside? E... 28. E13. With which other team did West Ham share their ground during the 91-92 season? Charlton. Correct. Who was the West Ham chairman during the majority of the 90s? 
Oh my god. Um. Pass. And your time is up. I did quite well there. I was quite impressed with that. You scored an impressive six points. Oh, I'm delighted with I, that. Scott. I didn't even know the answer to some of those. Impressive. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Chris, you're turning the hot seat. Oh, God. And you have chosen for your specialist subject, Plymouth Argyle in the 90s. Could have um, smashed this. Which, although Have you revised Skull? Yeah, I've done my classic thing of knowing a few things. Trying to guess what he's going to say. If my research into these questions is anything to go by, this might be your downfall. <laughs> uh, okay. Your Can time- I just say, one of the answers to your questions will be Peter Shilton. <laughs> Let's go. We shall see. Your time starts now. Which former England legend was appointed player manager in 1991? (laughs) Peter Shilton. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) What what is the name of Plymouth's home ground? Uh, Home Park. Correct. During the infamous Battle of Saltergate, a 20-man brawl broke out in a match against Chesterfield. How many players were sent off in total during that match? Four. Correct answer was five. <sighs> Who was Plymouth manager during that game? Um, Mick Jones. Neil Warnock. Oh, for sake. Who did Plymouth play in their first ever game at Wembley in the 95-96 playoff final? Uh, Colchester. It was Darlington. Oh, oh, God. What was the score in that game? I don't know. It was 1-0 to Plymouth. Oh. See, you're not good at guessing a number. You've literally given the option <laughs> to guess, guess a number. Why did I not guess? <laughs> Why not? There's a score line. <laughs> <It's> a <stupid laughs> what a decision what? that is. What? Uh, what is the name uh, of Plymouth's mascot? Oh, Pete, is it Pete the Pilgrim? I'll, ta- I'll take that. It's Pilgrim Pete. Oh, I'll no, give you no, that. He wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which player, also the club's record appearance holder as a player, succeeded Dave Jones as Plymouth manager? Mick Jones. Oh, um, oh God! Record appearance holder, Kevin Hodges. Correct. Yes. Uh, who, who were Plymouth's main shirt sponsor during the majority of the nineties? G- Ginsters. No. The correct uh, answer. Racist. That is basically racist. <laughs> <laughs> Your time is up, and the correct answer was Rotolock. Oh yeah. yes. Industrial components. You're looking funny. You scored four out of ten. A respectable score, I think. Yeah, I think that was good. I think not guessing the score was absolute madness. Oh, God. (laughs) That whistle means it's half-time, so while the teams go off for an inspirational half-time team talk and I work out the scores, here is a quick word from our sponsors. Welcome back to part two of the quiz. As things stand, it's as gripping a spectacle as the 1995 Inter-Toto Cup final. Let's see what the second half has in store. Okay, this round is called Big Man, Little Man. As a tribute to great striking partnerships of the 90s, Chris, Ed, Matthew and Josh will be required to work together to form a formidable partnership. Here's how the round will work. I will ask a series of questions where the answer is a number. Chris might struggle. (laughs) (laughs) The team closest to the correct answer will win the point. However, seeing as we're doing this remotely and the teams aren't able to confer, this is how it will work. Each player will write down their answer on a piece of paper. When prompted, they will reveal their guess. I will then add both the numbers from each team together, divide that by two to get the average, 
That will then be the answer yep. for that team. So even if Chris or Josh get the number correct because of their superior 90s yep. football knowledge, which... Well, we've seen how it's gone so far, Michael. Yeah, let's face it. It hasn't <laughs> happened historically. Uh, I mean, but... our, our team's in trouble because I don't know what I'm talking about and Chris is just going to pass on every number. <laughs> <laughs> so in this round, you are only as good as your weakest link. Yep. Okay, here's your first question. Swindon Town have only played one season in the Premier League in 1993-94 when they finished in last place and were relegated with only 30 points from 42 games. What I want you to tell me is what was the total number of league goals they conceded in that season? The total number of league goals. I'm really excited to see their answers. And by their answers, I mean... Can I ask a... a, um... Can I ask a, a, a follow-up question? Of course. Yeah, the big square things at the end of the pitch. <laughs> it's, it's almost as bad as that. Conceded. Oh, come on. <laughs> come, come on. on. Okay, it's, no, a, I, it's a football quiz, not a language quiz. You should sure. know what that means. <laughs> okay. What do you Again, think it means? How many, how many goals were scored How many goals were scored against them? Okay, in fine. the league. Got it, got it. Sure. In, yeah. in, and they played 42 games. They played so. 42 games. How many and, goals were And they were the them? worst team in the league that season worst team so there's an honour system here please don't adjust your answers based on what your partner no. has said okay we'll start with Josh what did you go for 102 okay 102 Matt what did you go for a bit lower 87 not bad it's not bad so your average answer is 94.5 not bad uh, Chris can I have your number please I've gone for an average of two goals conceded per game so 84 84 and Ed I went for two goals conceded per game but then sprinkled a few more on top because they sounded <laughs> terrible uh, nine, 96 Ooh. Ooh. it's quite close actually uh, so your average answer is 90 goals conceded the correct answer was 100 goals oh. so we Josh win. and Matthew yeah. get the point Matthew you're doing really well at this by the way Chris, Thanks, Chris, Chris, I'm dragging you down. Oh, dear. <laughs> Do you know what, Ed? You should have sprinkled a few more goals on top of your figure. <laughs> so, Chris, you got the furthest of you and Ed again. So, so far, you haven't done better than Ed in any section. <laughs> okay. You got time. four on your mastermind. If Ed does better than four on his mastermind. Yeah, we've got a new co host. <laughs> right. Next question. Manchester United and Wales legend Ryan Giggs is the most decorated player in Premier League history. Not only did he win a record 13 Premier League titles, he also scored in every season of the Premier League up until his retirement. However, he is also the holder of another less glamorous record. No player has been substituted more times in the Premier League than the Welsh wing wizard. But how many times was he substituted in the league during his entire career? Oh my God. Bloody hell. This is tough. This is really tough. There wasn't like a thing every week where it was like, and Ryan Giggs got substituted again. I don't remember that ever being a thing. Do you, Skull? I think he's. I think he's the most substituted just out of how many games he's played, because yeah. he played so many games. I think no one else is going to come near him. So we go to Chris and Ed first this time. Chris, what is your number, please? So I think he played for about eighteen years, two hundred twenty-five times. Uh, Ed, your answer, please. Now, it's not close to that. <laughs> but that's a good sign, judging by how it's gone so far. Yeah, that's far. true. Um, I, 
Uh, I mean, I, I've literally just plucked something out of the air. Uh, eight, 82, I thought. Because I would have thought he's quite good, isn't he? So surely he's on from the beginning right <laughs> through think, to the end most of know, the time. I, I'm closer to your answer than I am to Chris's. Once again. Uh, great. Nice one, Chris. Okay, so <laughs> your team's average answer is 153.5. Josh, yeah, what's your I've number? gone with a big round 100. Okay, 100 for Josh. Matthew? Right, I, now I hear this number, I think... Uh, you know, I was sort of going on my gut because that worked out sort of all right last time. Yeah. I think it's too low. It's 42. It's not that bad an answer, that. Yeah, 225 is mad. So your average answer is 71. The correct answer, the number of times Ryan Giggs was substituted in the league during his career, was 134. Oh. So... Chris and Ed, they take the point there. Oh, but still, Thank Chris you, was the furthest. Chris was the furthest, as always. It's oh, an unbelievably dear. bad Ed. performance. Ed is the wind beneath my wings today. He's not doing a very good job then, is he? Okay, next question. Uh, 90s legend Alan Shearer has scored more Premier League penalties in his career than any other player. But can you tell me how many he has scored? I mean, is this all international and domestic? Premier just, League just penalties. Premier League. Okay. Okay, I've got mine. Okay, everyone got a number? I've got yeah. a number, yeah. Okay. Josh, what's your 65. number? 65. 65, okay. And Crosby? 137. So your number, your average number, is 101 penalties. Oh, no. Oh, no. Feels quite high. Uh, Chris? <sighs> I think he's scoring... Let, let me guess, a million. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he's scoring 10 a year for 15 years, probably. Oh, my God. But And then I looked at that and thought, that can't be right. So I'm, I've just got 100. Oh. OK, 100 for Chris. Ed? I, I don't know much about penalties, but they don't crop up that often, do they? No. So you're not, it's not, you're not scoring one a game. Um, yeah. And I didn't really know like, how long he'd been playing for, so I did some maths, but all of the numbers are spurious, uh, and I, it came out as 80. So your average is 90. Yeah, so it's 90 versus 101. The correct answer to the number of Premier League penalties he scored was 56. Yes, <laughs> further away than oh, Ed, every time. <laughs> I've just lost it. I need to be subbed off. <laughs> <laughs> your, your mind, your head has gone It's not in the game, is it? And final question this round Following on from that Shearer also has the less glamorous record Of the most Premier League penalties Missed by a player So, if he scored 56 Can you tell me how many top flight kicks Did he fail to convert During his career? Skull Chance for redemption <laughs> I've got a number Everyone got a number? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Chris, would you like to go first, please? I'm not trying to work it out anymore. I'm just going with my gut. I think it's going to be something like 20. Okay. Ed? I, uh, 22 is what I came out with. Finally, they're singing from the same hymn sheet. <laughs> well, because it's not going to be more than half of what he scored, because otherwise he'd be known as r rubbish, wouldn't he? <laughs> You, know, you wouldn't give it, you, if it got to that point, you wouldn't give him any more penalties. Did you not remember his nickname, Alan Rubbish Shearer? <laughs> <laughs> so your team average is 21 missed penalties. Uh, Josh, your number, please. Nine. Oh, no. Right, now, when Ed said that thing, it did make a lot of sense. <laughs> um, 
but um, I think I've, I think I've, I think I was slightly confused here. I've said he, I said it was the same number as before, straight oh, no. down the middle. He, he scored fifty six and he, he lost fifty six. Oh my god! He, he, lost, 56. he lost fifty. He lost fifty six right over the stand. He hoofed it. Yeah, he hoofed it into the. Uh, he hoofed it into the crowd. <laughs> he scored half his penalties. Yeah, when, but ev- when the, everyone the, still the, everyone still thought he was a nice nice bloke, so they kept him around. <laughs> So, so your team average is, I'm sorry uh, Josh it's alright it's 32.5 it's uh, still better than having Chris on my team <laughs> yours is 32.5 Chris and Ed is uh, 21 the correct number of uh, missed penalties Shearer had in his career was 11 oh. Oh. Oh, I think so jo- close, Josh, Josh has been closest every time but so yeah, yeah but we, we know what the end of that sentence is Josh <laughs> but, the, but it doesn't matter it's not about that was what exactly. I was going to say it's about friends at uh, the end of that round, Chris and Ed won three points. Josh and Matthew won one point. Oh, how's Chris got more points from that? Yes. Ed is carrying him across the... <laughs> I was going to say the threshold, but that's completely... <laughs> well, luck- luckily for Chris, he's got <laughs> Professor Football on his team. <laughs> OK, the next round is all about footballers and their taste in films. Oh, this is more gambling Crosby. Now, we get a lot of old copies of Shoot and Match magazines sent to us, and one of the best features in those magazines are the player profiles where they list their favourite music, food, books, films, etc. So for this question, I'm going to give you a list of six 90s footballers and a list of six films. What I want you to do is correctly identify which footballer picked which film when asked what their favourite film was, and you get one point for each correct answer. Right, here are your footballers. Steve Bruce, Mike Newell, Lee Chapman, Ian Culverhouse, John Spencer, and Michael Owen. And here are the film choices. The Godfather, The Fugitive, The Terminator. I don't have one. I've only ever watched eight films in my life. Home Alone and The Wife Likes Pretty Woman. (laughs) (laughs) And while the teams work out their answers, here are some of those players in action. Beckham now to Owen, and here's another Owen run. He's going to worry them again. It's a great run by Michael Owen, and he might finish it off. Oh, it's a wonderful goal! Rowcastle, now Strachan, dancing away. Speed and Chapman, a lovely move and a fine finish. Sharp gets another go. Two decoy runs and Steve Bruce scores. Now there's a rare one for him. Breaks for Spencer. And he's got two thirds of the length of the pitch to navigate. And no one's going to catch him. And John Spencer's got all the way. It's one of the great solo goals scored by John Spencer. Okay, so because Chris and Ed are in the lead, as a slight advantage to Josh and Matt, we are going to get Chris and Ed to go first. Uh, Please discuss, show your workings, and then tell me your answers. Have you got right. any initial thoughts, Ed? Anything, I, I only know the answer to one of them, and that's the really obvious one. Well, Which Skull doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> but do I want to get... I mean, obviously, they're going to know it as well. well Josh I know it, know it, I know it. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so I only know the Michael Owen one because he's only seen eight films. I know that. I don't know who any of the other people are, 
so I don't know what their film choice would be. Who's the most sexist out of all of them? <laughs> um, well, Lee Chapman is married to Leslie Ash. And now, does she like Pretty Woman? <laughs> could, could Leslie Ash have liked Pretty Woman? Lee Chapman's quite cultured, though. I think he owned a wine bar in Chelsea at one point, so I think I wouldn't imagine he said that. So who, what sort of film would he like, then, out of all of those films? I think... The Godfather is probably the most cultured out of this list of films, or the yeah, most cultured a, answer. And you get a lot of Italian wines, don't you? So maybe <laughs> let's let's go Lee Chapman, The Godfather. Yeah. So I think I do genuinely know one of these answers, which is Steve Bruce has picked The Fugitive as his favourite film. And how do you genuinely know that? Uh, because he wrote a book that had a plot that was very similar to <laughs> The Fugitive. <laughs> As covered in series one of Quickly Kevin Willie Score. It's amazing that he admitted that he likes the film The Fugitive. I would have denied well, flat. He out. actually admitted he liked the film The Fugitive years later, then wrote the book. But then people discovered his source material. Okay, so we've got Steve Bruce the Fugitive, Lee Chapman, The Godfather, Michael Owen, uh, I don't know, I've only seen eight films. John Spencer? John Spencer Scottish. Mm. Uh, they are I sexist. think he had a reputation as a bit of a prankster. <laughs> <laughs> I think he had a reputation as a bit of a prankster, and Home Alone has quite a few pranks in it. So I mean, that that it feels work. like a reach, but it's all we've got at the moment. <laughs> Mike Newell was known as a bit of a hard man, a bit of a stri- you know, tough centre forward. So I could see him liking the Terminator. Mike oh, Newell, right, the okay, Terminator. Yeah. So that makes sense. But so that just leaves Ian Culverhouse. Which I, and I don't know much about Ian Culverhouse, but I think his wife may have liked Pretty Woman. Okay, well, let's go with Ian Culverhouse. The wife likes Pretty Woman. So, the, Lee Chapman likes The Godfather. Steve Bruce likes The Fugitive. Mike Newell likes The Terminator. Michael Owen has only watched eight films. John Spencer likes Home Alone. And Ian Culverhouse's wife likes Pretty Woman. <laughs> okay. It <laughs> feels good. It, it feels I, good. I've, I've, I've often wondered whether this podcast is going to run out of steam, and I think the words Ian Culverhouse's wife is probably the moment <laughs> where I realised that we've run out of source material. <laughs> Have we discussed everything there is of interest in 90s football? The fact we've moved on to Ian Culverhouse's wife is a really low moment. Uh, okay. Over to you, Josh and Crosby. Crosby, any, uh, I can tell you now... Steve Bruce and the Fugitive and Michael... You knew the Michael Owen fact, presumably. I knew, I'd heard the Michael Owen fact, but I don't understand how he can't have a favourite out of... You, you've got eight to choose from. Lee Chapman and Leslie Ash is really all I know about Lee Chapman. He was married to Leslie Ash, um, really at the height of men behaving badly as well. So um, I don't know if that helps. Mike Newell, I think he got done for being a bit sexist. No, I think he said something about women's football or women referees, right. and it okay. didn't... It didn't sit well. So maybe his wife likes Pretty Woman. But then, you know, if he is a, if he is a hardened sexist, why is he deferring to his wife? <laughs> well, that's a very good point. That's a very... <laughs> you know, it doesn't sound like a sexist, someone who's going, well, my, my wife is a big fan of Pretty Woman. She's really turned me on to a world of cinema. You know, that doesn't sound... <laughs> <laughs> oh, so do you see his wife likes Pretty Woman as... Oh, he's not going, oh, bloody hell, the wife likes Pretty Woman. He's going... Actually, I don't think it's about my taste. I think it's more interesting to know that my wife likes Pretty Woman. Yeah, I, he, he's, you know, he says, look, I play football, and I play football pretty well. But uh, you want to ask me about film? You really want to speak to, the, to the, the, my wife here, because she is an, she's a total cinephile. 
if there's, you know, if there's a, a cinema, mag you know, if if, um, if Sight and Sound magazine want to interview her, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> is it true he's married to um, Claudia Winkleman? That's, 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 that's absolutely true, yeah. <laughs> so we think the least sexist person is going to go with Pretty Woman. Yeah. Um, so do you think that's John Spencer, the, who's a Scottish Chelsea player, or Ian Culverhouse, who plays for Norwich? Or Lee Chapman, whose wife is Leslie Ash? Is, is Leslie Ash a cinephile? She's an actress. I mean, is he bringing his wife in because she's famous? Yeah. Although, wouldn't you say my wife, Leslie Ash? <laughs> do you think that's what Life's he always refers woman. to her as? My wife, Leslie Ash. If you were married to Leslie Ash, you'd tell people you're married to Leslie Ash, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, it'd be the only thing I'd lead with in any conversation. Exactly. Sorry I'm late. I was um, having an argument with my wife, Leslie Ann. Um, <laughs> um, so. She wanted to watch The Runaway Bride. I said, let's, let's give the woman another rewatch. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Lee Chapman then. We think his wife, Leslie Ash, it can't be pretty woman because he'd mentioned her. Yeah, he definitely so mentioned you... her by name. Let's go with The Godfather. The Godfather, Lee Chapman. Yeah. Steve yeah. A long time to come around to the same answer as us. <laughs> Yeah, it's a quick way of doing that. He had a wine bar in Chelsea, mate. <laughs> Terminator, John Spencer, Mike Newell. Who's the, Mike Newell's the man who's been sexist. John Spencer is Scottish, and Ian Culverhouse played for Norwich. Which of those makes you think you'd like the Terminator? Ian Culverhouse is definitely. He's got Terminator written all over him. And then we'll go with. I suppose we'll have to go with Mike Newell, Home Alone, because he'd like that because he's sexist, so he wouldn't want his wife there. Yeah, exactly. then, that's, that's the perfect situation for him. His, his wife and all the kids go on holiday and leave him at home. It's a dream scenario. And then Pretty Woman, John Spencer. Okay, so you've both given your answers. Here are the correct answers. Steve Bruce, his favourite film was indeed The Fugitive. Correct. Mike yes. Newell listed The Terminator as his favourite yeah. film. Oh, we got that, oh, didn't we, Chris? Correct. Yeah. Lee Chapman said Pretty Woman. The wife oh. likes Pretty Woman. Oh, what? Oh, did he mention her name? Come on, Lee. Absolutely. Oh, they probably put a photo as well of Leslie Ash <laughs> next, to the, next to the article. Ian Culverhouse, his favourite film was The Godfather. Damn. John Spencer said Home Alone. Oh, and nightmare. Michael Owen, of course, did not have one. Two points for us. Great. Well, well done, Chris. I think you've... <laughs> Ab absolutely <laughs> resurrected your your dead podcast career. <laughs> he's um he's uh, John Spencer, real pranked in the dressing room. They'd walk in, he'd hit them with a bowling ball or blowtorch. <laughs> okay, time now for the final round of the quiz. It's the second part of '90s football mastermind. Oh, exciting! This is As what we've been waiting for. Really, the whole thing's been building up to these moments. <laughs> As before, each player will have 90 seconds to answer 10 questions on their chosen specialist subject. One point for each correct answer. This time round, Ed and Matt will play. First in the spotlight tonight, it's Matt. Here we go. Come on, Crosby. Okay. What have you chosen? Well, I chose I chose um, the uh, football songs and football sort of music related to football because I thought, well, I, you know, I used to watch Top of the Pops a lot. I didn't really watch yeah. Match of the Day, so maybe some of that has sort of, you know, yeah. bled into into my brain. I remember there was what was the year? This would have been the 80s, I think, when um, Tottenham played against was it Coventry in the in yeah. the FA Cup final? Would that be yeah. 87, maybe? Yeah. Um, because I remember that for me was not a battle of two football teams. That was a battle of two singles, Sky Blues shooting to win and Hotshot Tottenham. 
uh, and I was I was very much hotshot Tottenham. They are the Super Spurs, and I didn't love Sky Blues shooting to win. It didn't. It felt a bit of a sort of wishy-washy single. So I, I watched the game because I, the fans were singing the song, um, and it was wow. It was, so, so you've so actually got more knowledge than Chris as well. So Chris. Is <laughs> <laughs> okay, Matt, your time starts now. Which player had a number two hit in October 1990 with Fog on the Tyne? Oh, that was Gaza with Lindisfarne. Correct. What was the official song of Euro 96? Oh. Um, I'm going to say Three Lions. Incorrect. Which three people sang the far more popular unofficial song of Euro 96? <laughs> oh, uh, uh, Badil, Skinner and Ian Brodie. Correct. Which former Manchester United player had a top 40 hit with Outstanding? Former Man United player. I don't know it, I'm afraid. Andrew Cole. Uh, which team topped the charts with Come On You Reds in 1994? Liverpool. Manchester United. Oh. How many weeks did that song spend in the top 75? In the top 75? Um, uh, six weeks. 15 weeks. Oh, wow. Which okay. Scottish band sang the track Don't Come Home Too Soon to mark the Scottish team's qualification for the 98 World Cup? Delamitri. Correct. Who famously sang the rap on New Order's 1990 hit World in Motion? John Barnes. Correct. Which singer, real name Graham McPherson, and a big Chelsea fan sang the Chelsea FA Cup final song, Blue Day? Uh, is it Fish from Marillion? Steel. <laughs> Steel. What an unlikely person. Where's that come from? Your time steel. is up. Can uh, I steal that? You can answer it, but you won't get the point. Oh, Suggs. Correct. Oh, so Chelsea with fish from Marillion. What a strange <laughs> song that would be. Matthew, you scored four out of ten. I'm happy with that. You know, I didn't expect to get any, so I feel happy with that. That I is the same. That, that, that skull selection scored. was a was a bit of a cop out. It was a it was a cop out, Ed. But you know what? I've done so badly up to this point that I thought it was allowed a cop out at this late stage. <laughs> I'm not as angry about it as I would have been if you'd got more than five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so currently Josh and Matthew are in the lead by four points. Oh, this is doable, Ed. Which, oh, amazingly, it's not, I is also... A topic that I don't really know about. It's also what Chris got in his mastermind. So if you do win, it's purely down to the fact that you were better than Chris. <laughs> so it's, it's four for the draw, five oh, no. for the victory. Your chosen topic was Chelsea in the 90s. Oh, God. Why did you pick this out of interest? I think I went to three games. <laughs> Let's hope they come up. You need... <laughs> Ed, your yes. time starts now. Who replaced Glenn Hoddle as manager in May 1996? Rude Hullet. Correct. <laughs> what was the name of Chelsea's infamous chairman during the 90s? Oh, no. Is it the one that died? No. <laughs> no. Uh, pass. Chelsea won the FA Cup in 1997. Who were their opponents in the final? Everton. Middlesbrough. What was the final score in that game? 2-0. <gasps> Correct. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's what happens when you guess a score, Chris. I've, I've always said that. I've always said that. At that point in time, Roberto Di Matteo's opening goal was the fastest in FA Cup final history. After how many seconds did he score? Three. <laughs> <laughs> Four, 42. Straight in. 
Which one player? Kick, one kick straight in. <laughs> which player scored four goals in a game against Barnsley in August 1997? Uh, Zola. Gianluca Vialli. Oh, that was my other guess. He scored with his ass once. It's all I remember. You're just wasting your own time. Who was Who was Chelsea's most expensive signing of the decade when he signed for approximately 10 million from Blackburn in July 1999? Uh, pass. What was Chelsea's highest ever league place finish during a season in the 90s? Second. Third. Oh. And finally, from which club did they sign defender Graham Lasso? Southampton. Your time is up. The correct answer is Blackburn. Oh, oh the heartbreak. Ed. Oh, oh Ed. You scored let me down three, three out of ten. Oh, oh, oh come on. That was oh. that was tricky, right? That was tough. That was that tough. was really hard, yeah. Yeah, that was. So hard. the victors by a single point, Josh and Crosby. Oh thank What were you. my what were my passes? Uh so you passed on Ken Bates, the chairman, famous chairman. See, I was gonna 90s. say Ken Clark and then stop myself. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then I think did you pass on Chris Sutton was their most expensive signing yeah, oh, yeah should have got that oh you did very well and you were definitely the stronger member of your team <laughs> yeah. all, all I will say is it's hard to soar like an eagle when you're flying with turkeys it is are you happy are you are you happy with your performance Skull no absolutely not I would have if I was player manager I would have subbed myself off that person that gave us three stars on iTunes because they said we didn't know enough about football has absolutely <laughs> been proven right. <laughs> right. Uh, Josh and Matt, would you like to pick which song plays out at the end of the show or the end of the series even? Matthew. Can we have Hot Shot Tottenham? <laughs> Hot Shot Tottenham. He didn't even confer, just straight in. <laughs> I was asking you, Josh. I wasn't asking I'm Michael. Absolutely but it's, um, delighted. But you know what? So. Yeah. You, you, I mean, you're a big fan of the Super Spurs, aren't you? Yeah, it's either Hot Shot Tottenham or that great song by Fish from Marillion and the Chelsea squad. From <laughs> or anything by the Italian 90 lads. <laughs> they were boys, not lads. Come on. <laughs> that was the end of season quiz. That was, that was an absolute joy to do. Uh, the whole series has been an absolute pleasure. Um, thank you for listening to it. Thank you to all of our guests across the series. Chris, would you like to uh, thank them all personally off the top of your head? <laughs> I'll do one better than that and find the list that Michael sent me. Yes, huge thank you to all the guests we've had on this series. They are Carlton Palmer, Ben Partridge, Richard Shaw, John Hare, Ben Clark, Big Dave Besson, Charlie Baker, Clive Tildesley, Steve Bull, and Tom Parry. As we said earlier, the series may be over. We've got a couple of extra little bonus treats for you. Next week, we will have a brand new Film Club episode, and we're going to be doing an extra special live show online. To get a ticket, you just need to have a look on our Twitter and our Instagram, or if you're on the mailing list, check your inbox. We'll be doing a live show online tickets are five pounds you buy a ticket you'll get a link and you'll be able to join us on thursday the 11th of june at 8 p.m for an extra special online only quickly kevin live show thank you very much for listening guys i'm gonna say it robbie slater see you later
This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.